What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? It's your boy Chris Style with my guy Clarence, Arrowhead Chief Podcast, episode 141. This is the Lions vs. Chiefs preview show. Week one, baby. Game. Yeah, week one. Thursday can't get here fast enough. Got a lot of stuff to get in. We got some special guests too. Let's talk Chiefs. Yeah. Arrowhead Chiefs. It's your girl Miss Nicole. Queen okay. of Hustle, baby. Uh-huh. Started from the Started bottom, now we here. My homie at the start of his career. Let's go. Try to win him early, hit the truth. Uh-huh. Tuning every Sunday for the juice. Arrowhead Chiefs podcast, bringing all the news. Yes, if you miss the play, come back for reviews. Chris Here at the for the crew, post game highlights, go subscribe on YouTube. If you missed the play, come back for reviews, post game highlights, go subscribe on YouTube. What's up, everybody? We are back. Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Hope everybody's having a good evening. We got a special guest on today. The one uh, Pride uh, podcast is on. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good. How you guys doing? Chilling, man. Doing well, man. Thanks for having us. No problem. No problem. Before we get into like all the Pacifics and all that, how long have you guys been doing y'all pod? So we started our pod midway through the 2018 season. Yeah, so... This is probably the first year where we've had like legitimate like expectations for this football team to do something like as far as winning a division and you know hosting right. a playoff game and you know having having just having big hopes in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's a good segue because uh, what are your guys' expectations for this season? I think it's to win a division and host a playoff game, right? I mean, you guys kind of went through that a few years ago. Where like you were bad, then you hire Reed, and Reed kind of ch- changed it up and made it better. I feel like that's kind of happened here. You know, we got Campbell. Um, the team is trending up. It's it's to host a playoff game and hopefully to win a playoff game. But you got to win the division. Yeah, no, I'm right in sync with Peter right there. Is yeah, it's you got to win a division this year for the Lions. Um, third year of you know this whole thing starting with Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes. This is the third year of the regime. This is the year you expect to kind of take off. You know, I think last year was. You know, a fun year uh, was a great second half, and you hope you could bring that momentum now coming into this season. And like Peter mentioned, yeah, they've got to win the division, host a playoff game, and then ideally win that playoff game at home if you're hosting it. But, yeah, um, something that the Lions haven't done in forever. It's win the division since I think 93 was the last time – or 94 was the last time they won the division. So um, wouldn't the NFC North would be huge for, for this city and just for the Lions in general? So so y'all, y'all have – the utmost confidence, the utmost respect for golf to be able to get this, get get you guys over the hump. Like he doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder or anything. Um, some fan, like I don't want to say some, a little of that fan base still has their questions, but it seems like Campbell and Holmes, they're riding with him. Uh, yeah. They've actually had extension talks with him. They said they've been good dialogue, so they're riding with him. And if, you know, if it doesn't work out. They took Hendon Hooker in the third round, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys know about Hooker. So, you know, you got a good insurance policy in case something doesn't work out. Yeah, I'm kind of in sync with Peter right there. It's like, yeah, I, I'm expecting Goff to, you know, I, I have the confidence in Goff. Had a very yeah. 
productive year last year for the team. You know, you got the same offensive coordinator. Maybe if they didn't have Ben Johnson coming back this year, there'd be a little more concern coming into the year. But with bringing the whole band back together, having an offensive line that he's used to and having the weapons that he's used to, um, yeah, I, I'm in sync. I, I think Goff is, is poised to have another pretty good year. I agree. I agree. I was a fan of, of, of Goff back when he was with the Rams. I didn't see any flaws in the game. Um, as long as you give him weapons and you put a running game around him, much like any quarterback, you know, right. he's going to have that success. So, yeah. Right, right. Um, there's been a lot of major changes in y'all guys' division, you know, NFC North. You know, no more Aaron Rodgers. Now it's Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, what, the third year of um, – I'm drawing a blank. What's the quarterback? Justin, Justin Fields. Fields in Chicago, they made a lot of additions. Um, right. Minnesota made a couple of additions. Um, so what are your guys, what is your viewpoint of the NFC North this year? I think it's the Lions to lose personally. And I, I like all bias aside, you know, when you lose a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it's hard to replace him. I don't care who it is at quarterback. Right. And then you look at the you look at the Bears. I mean, they're still kind of in that rebuilding phase. It's, you know, like their O-line is still a mess. Their D-line is and all that. And we say we win football tr- games in the trenches right so that's another thing and then you mentioned the vikings the vikings had a lot of turnover on defense they lost a lot of key vets they lost alvin cook but they still got kirk cousins and jetta added hawkinson from us they drafted addison i think the vikes will probably be number two in the division if i had to guess but i still think it's ours to lose yeah, it's a lot of like to be determined, honestly, because you don't know what to really expect of the Packers. Like they they they're a real wild card right now. Like they could be a good team. They could be going through a phase right now because we don't really know what to expect out of Jordan Love. Um, but you know, and even they're just their offense in general. They have a lot of young guys. They're just a young team in general. Like they had a lot of turnaround with losing Rodgers, like Pierre mentioned. So they're a big like you know what are we gonna get out of them? But their team like it's kind of hard to count up because they just have such a good. Um, you know, history of being able to, you know, just win games. So, you know, th- they're just known for winning games. The Packers are one of the greatest franchises in NFL history. So, but it's going to be interesting to see how they look without Aaron Rodgers. Now, Jordan Love finally under the helm and had a pretty good preseason. So we'll see how he looks this year when the, when the bright lights actually, you know, come on and the regular season actually starts. So they're a huge wild card. I don't really know what to expect with the Packers. The Bears, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with Pierre. I, I think they'll definitely improve their win total, what they were last year. It's pretty hard to be worse than what they were last year. Only had three wins last year. So I could even see them doubling or even getting like seven wins this year. Like I, I think they, they are destined to improve this year. Um, second year under the rebuild. I can see them kind of having a similar season, kind of like the Lions did last year. Um, that's kind of what I expect out of Chicago. Uh, especially with adding all those pieces to their offense and having Fields another year, um, I, th- mm-hmm. I think he'll improve. And then Vikings, just they're a weird team, dude. They're a very weird team. Had a lot of subtraction to their defense. Wow. And even last year, like I know they won 13 games, so you should probably respect them more. But like it just kind of felt like they were to a certain extent lucky. And you don't want to call any wins the NFL lucky, but like a lot of just one score wins, uh, a lot of wins that could have gone either way. Um, I just don't see that same like track record happening this year for the Vikings. So I don't know really what to expect out of them either. Like I'm almost to a certain extent, a little more scared of the Packers and Bears a little bit, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely, like I said, a lot of turnaround in that, in that division. 
Um, like you said, you don't know what to expect from Jordan Love. I mean, he looked decent in preseason, and there were some games last year where he came in late and he looked decent, but you still got to put it all together in the regular season. And uh, like you said, the Vikings, I mean, they go as Kirk Cousins go. You know, if Kirk Cousins is, you know, he has his, you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster with Kirk Cousins. You have a game where Kirk Cousins looks great. I mean, yeah, you get him when Kirk Cousins looks bad. And, you know, we'll, we'll see in that defense. Kirk. Right. And then we'll see how that defense, I mean, the defense was a liability last year. Let's see if they, you know, can be better this year. And uh, another Bears, thing, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 good. No, 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 go ahead. I was just saying the Bears, you know, with Justin Fields, just like, okay, they gave him weapons. They made some additions. Now we got to see if he can throw the football, you know, on a consistent basis and not just be a running quarterback, you know, kind of like how Lamar Jackson was his first season. Right. Uh, we got to see if he can put it all together as a dual threat uh, quarterback. Go ahead, Clarence, what you was going to say? I, I was just going to touch on the Vikings. It, it's real funny that during the, the training camp, they were trying to get Kareem. They wanted Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so them losing Dalvin Cook, I don't, I don't know if Alexander Madison is what they were hoping he was going to be, because I mean that offense. You, you look at screen, screen plays and big plays on the ground. That came from Dalvin. That wasn't Alexander. You know, so I don't know if they, if they're going to take a step back in their running game, which is not going to help Kurt. You know, because he's got a rookie on the outside. You lose a Thielen. Yeah, you signed TJ. You still got Jettas, but, you know, I mean, that hurts. Right. You know, especially when he's second year in the system and he's he's getting comfortable in it. Now he has to rely on a rookie outside. We had Thielen last year. He still has Osborne, but, I mean, it, it's it's turnover. Yeah, it's, it's the National Football League. There is turnover, but you can't lose a, a Thielen and a Cook. And say, hey, I think we can still duplicate what we did last year. Like, yeah, got to dig in for some adversity. For sure, Definitely going to be some growing there. And they lost right. to Darius Smith, arguably their best pass yeah. for sure. I mean, they still didn't yeah. learn, but like you know, they lost to Darius Smith on the defense side of the ball. So, right. yeah, no, they're they're a big you know team to to be determined. Honestly, and going very quickly to the Bears, it's like I think a lot of people are expecting Fields to kind of really have this big break of year. And I like Justin Fields; I think he's a good quarterback. But, um, like. People expecting a Jalen Hurts turnaround. I, I just don't see that because I don't think they have mm-hmm. that same personnel that Hurts had, you know, last year. I mean, the offensive line is still very suspect. Mm-hmm. And that receiving core, like I know DJ Moore is a good receiver and he's he's a number one, but I don't think it has that same effect as like AJ Brown did last year for the Eagles. I, I just don't see it with the Bears having that same um turnaround on offense because there's just still so many moving factor pieces. And they lost they're running back to us, Montgomery. So how mm-hmm. how are they going to look now with Khalil Herbert? And then they drafted Roshan Johnson, and they have Dante Foreman from the Panthers. So like, there, there's still a lot of moving pieces there too. So how are they going to look? And the receiving core outside of DJ Moore is still very suspect to me because Chase Claypool has improved much in that offense, and then um, it, it gets really slim pickings after him. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, going into the season, I thought I always said that your guys' division is one of the more interesting divisions because there's a lot of, you know, stuff that's going to be answered <laughs> by the end of the season. So definitely something to look out for. For sure. Um, going back to your head coach, Dan Campbell, um, what are your guys' viewpoints on Dan Campbell? Like, what do you got? What is the, what does Detroit feel about Dan Campbell? 
Detroit loves Dan Campbell. He literally embodies the city of Detroit. You know, the team mantra is grit. And if you like Detroit's all about blue collar, hardworking, put your head down, work. That's the kind of players he brings into hard workers, tough players, guys that have been through adversity that can handle adversity. You know, like they were saying the other day, they don't just draft talented players. They draft football players, guys that are tough, guys that are gritty. So that's that's the attitude of him as well. Cam- Campbell is, I remember like when he was first hired, you know, everyone was making fun of the kneecap, all that. This guy is crazy. This guy is nuts. But man, he knows how to motivate a group of guys. He's he's a heck of a coach. And I think Tyler probably agrees with me. Yeah, I think the thing with Dan was like we were always just waiting for the results to come in, and that, that's where everyone was waiting. And like even on last year, I kind of had a little pushback with Dan when they got off to the slow start. I was kind of, you know, questioning is, is he the right guy for the job? But I think we saw, especially in that second half when they got on that hot streak, almost made a playoff. You know, almost made the playoffs if the Seahawks lost that game week eighteen to the Rams, and we were in it, and that would have been huge for this team. Um, you saw results finally come in and, and and now it's like, okay, now we got a full year. Um, let's see. Um, let's see what he could do now with a full year. Let's, let's not get off to a cold start like we did last year. And um, yeah, I'm with Pierre. Yeah. There, there's a lot of optimism there with Campbell and that's reason why um, all the expectations are coming from everywhere, you know, local media, national media, you're getting expectations everywhere of, you know, winning the division and, you know, being a, a true NFC contender this year. So, and I, and I think that starts with your head coach and the culture that he's built and now finally having some results to back it up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like what I see from Dan Campbell. You know, of course, like you guys said in the beginning, uh, the whole kneecaps and, you know, the stuff that he did in his open presser, you know, everybody's making fun of him. But since he's came in there and I've seen even when that, that first year, um, I saw it. The guys played hard for him. And one thing when it, when the losing when the team is losing and they, you know, they they have a losing record, but it's still at the end of the season and they're still playing hard, that says a lot to me that the head coach still has their ear, he still has their attention and they're buying into the program. They just, you know, they know it's gonna take some time. So I I'm I've been impressed with what I've seen from Dan Campbell for sure. Um so in the offseason, you know, you guys made some additions on offense and defense. What are your guys' viewpoint on your guys' draft and some of the offseason free agencies that you guys have brought over to the Lions? So offensively, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of positional value. I believe in that. But then once I heard when, when Holmes said, like the GM, he basically said this wasn't like a strong class at the top. I believe he only said he had like 10 or 11 first or 14 first-round grades or something. Typically, he says there's 18 to 19 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just look at the talented players. Gibbs, I'm not a fan. Honestly, I'm not a fan of taking running backs early in the draft. But he basically said, we're not just going to use Gibbs as a running back. We're going to use him all over the field, everywhere. Then, you know, once you, you see that speed, it gets you a little excited, you know? So you ride with it. And then you see Jack Campbell, the best linebacker in the draft. They had a first-round grade on him as well. So, you know, you get two of your top guys at – you trade back to 12 and at, what was it, 14 or 15? I forgot what it was. It's a pretty good first round, you know? Um, but just the value for me, I wasn't a fan of it. But, you know, once you hear the GM talk and how these are going to use these guys and stuff, you love it. I mean, Gibbs, I, I'm pretty sure you guys would have loved Gibbs in your office. You guys were probably hoping he'd fall to you guys somehow. He's, you know, he's he's fast. He could do passing game, running game. He could do a little of everything for you. Yeah, no, I mean, 
one thing I was looking this offseason was just to add impact starters right away. And I think that's what they did, especially in the draft. Like, they got impact starters. They got four starters, I think, in this draft with Gibbs, Campbell, um, and Laporta, and then Brian Branch they got in the second round, which is mm-hmm. not a lot of people expecting him to be at that right. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big point was to get impact starting players. They got that in the draft. They got four of them, in my opinion. And then in the offseason, the free agency market, you know, they got even more guys. They they went out and paid Gardner Johnson. They went out and paid Cam Sutton. That, that was important. So um, just getting good impact starters um, and bringing back the players that were very important to this team last year, like an Anzalone, I think was important for this team. So, um, yeah. Or Rodrigo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you got just a lot of comfortability of what the guys that you have out there and you know, Gardner Johnson obviously has a connection with our, our DC, Aaron Glenn. They work together in New Orleans. So th- that's going to, I think, be a good match together back here in Detroit. So, no, I, I really like what they did in this offseason. Like I said, just getting impact players are going to help contribute right away. Yeah. And to go off Tyler, too, like the secondary last year had a ton of Campbell called it MA's misassignments or bad communication. We bring in Cam Sutton. We hear Mike Tomlin talk about this guy makes sure everyone's lined up correctly, he communicates real well. You know, you're being CJ Gardner, who's, who's a talk. He's going to make that swagger. Last year, we didn't really have a swagger to our defense. We didn't really have a guy that, you know, talk to his shit. You know, like, as mm-hmm. a, you got to mm-hmm. talk a little. You guys know that, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't really mm-hmm. have that. And now the other younger guys are kind of taking that swagger and using that swagger. So he's making a mm-hmm. swagger to the to the, to the the DB's room. That's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think you guys probably have one of the best overall linebacking cores in the league, like, you talk about Anzalone, you got uh, Barnes, uh, right. Rodrigo, um, Jack Campbell. I mean, like, y'all, y'all have a really good linebacking core. Really good linebacking core. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree with that. What are your guys – what was your guys' thoughts on when the whole uh, Jamison Williams uh, situation happened? You know, it sucked. Like, you know, when you look at it, you're like, why do you know the rules? But then you hear later on, like, agents and teams were complaining. Like, the NFL didn't really explain the rules that well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, man, if you're betting on a game, not on football, like, I think the rule is stupid, right? But I don't mm-hmm. make the rules. He was betting on a game at a team hotel, not on a football, not on not, not on an NFL game. I think it's kind of bullshit. Excuse my language. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Right, yeah, right, I mean, right. the, the rule sucks, obviously, and it obviously takes a hit to the Lions, like, roster itself because we were counting on JMO to be a starting outside receiver. Big expectation drafted him in the first round the year previously. So it definitely stinks, and, you know, it, it kind of puts a setback to his development, too, because, you know, now it's going to be almost like two years where he just didn't have a true season. Like, last year, obviously, we knew that was expected when we drafted him with the torn ACL. He was going to recover, come back late, but we didn't expect – much out of him because you know he obviously wasn't in training camp didn't get to learn the offense as much as, as long as being on the field and then now this year you know you're going to miss him in the suspension where he can't even be at the facility for i believe the first four to five weeks so that's that's definitely a big hit to you know the progression of james williams who needs every rep right now and um you know it definitely sucks because like i said we had big expectations for james williams and it kind of takes hits the receiving core like they brought in to, like marvin jones who was a solid player but you know, he's older now. You can't really count on him to be your wide receiver, too, like he did for JMO. Um, and then, you know, you have Josh Reynolds and Kali Raymond, who are, who are good receivers. But, like, you know, your expectation was for James Williams to be on the outside and be their number one guy. And now that you don't have that, it definitely does stink. And you're counting on some of these, you know, older vets to kind of take over for a little bit until James Williams does come back. And 
even when he comes back, it's going to be interesting to see how he looks right away because, like I said, he's not going to be able to facility and he can't have contact with the Lions. So, um, and, and he's he, he got injured in the preseason. So, you know, it's it, it's a lot of going on in Jameson's plate right now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe come back week four to the to the facility. So, well, for sure. Yeah. Because there was a lot of talk for the, the Chiefs was going to go up and grab <laughs> Jameson Williams. And so, um, when it didn't happen, it was just like, oh, man, because we, you know, as Chief fans, we really wanted him last year. But, you know what I'm saying, uh, it was – I feel like he's a playmaker waiting to happen. He has that speed. And you saw it in the um, in the national championship game before he got hurt. He pretty much flipped the game. Once he got hurt, that's when Georgia took over because uh, he, he was killing Georgia. So right. he's definitely a playmaker. Um, and I, I and Amon St. Brown is a, is a beast too, so – um, that's somebody definitely that's on our radar when we talk about the Detroit Lions is him because we know he's going to get a lot of touches and he's going to test these young corners and you know that we have so definitely sure. watching out for him too. What about Dylan Drummond? Is he still on the practice squad or did y'all pull him up? Dylan Drummond as, is on the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, right now he's on the P squad. It could potentially be an elevation because they have those new NFL rules where you could elevate guys. So right, right. Um, we'll see I mean, tomorrow. With- yeah, with Jamo being out, you know, and one of the biggest things I saw was I think it was the first preseason game. Uh, I think Nate Sutfield was the quarterback, right. uh, and they ran a play action pass and they threw it a deep over to Jamo, and he had contact and he dropped it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like, and that and that was telling, like, okay, so. He needs to get more accustomed to that contact when he's right. catching the football in the NFL, you know, instead of that gap of having a step on a guy in college. You know, he's still trying to make that transition. And then you see a, a kid like Dylan Drummond on a couple comeback routes and things of that nature, and he's catching them, contested catches, you know what I mean? So, But that was just week one that I had seen him play. So. Yeah, I mean, he only played that game because he got hurt. And, and, you know, in practice uh, in the Jaguars joint practice. So he didn't get to play in the Jaguars preseason game and in the, the Panthers preseason game, which which sucks because he, he needs every rub that he needs, like you mentioned, because, no, there's definitely still a big learning curve for JMO. We, we've seen it. And like I said, it's it's tough to really count on him even when he does come back because there's still that curve. And, you know, he's not going to be able to practice with the team for the first four weeks. So, um, you know, there, like I said, there, there's a lot on this plate for JMO. Hopefully these uh, other vets could step up in his spot while he's out, and um, we'll, we'll see what happens when he does come back. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, so Aiden Hutchinson, he had a really good rookie season. Um, uh, he was really good as far as, like, getting – he got a couple picks last year, and he was good at rushing the passer. Yeah. Uh, he's very disruptive. What are your guys' expectations for him in year two? Um. When he was coming out, I viewed him like a J.J. Watt, Bosa type of player. And I still view him like that, you know? He's a guy who just plays relentlessly, good against the run, good against the pass. Uh, you know, he's he doesn't give up. He has a, he has a high mode. He just keeps going and going and going. Our expectations are actually double-digit sacks. Like, this is – I mean, in camp, he's had a great camp. He's almost been unblockable from, from what we've read, we've heard. So he's he's due for a big year, man. I am excited about Aiden Hutchinson. That guy is a dog. You know, he came from our backyard too, played at Michigan. Tyler and I are both Michigan fans. Right. So like we've seen this kid basically grow as like a kid at Michigan to becoming a pro in the NFL. 
I mean, yeah, even if you're locally, um, he's he's from Michigan as well. Like he played high school ball here. I mean, so he's it, high school, you know, college, and now NFL. It, it's been a phenomenal story. And yeah, no, this is a big year for Hutch, and we we have huge expectations from him. He was, you know, he was very good for us last year in his rookie season. So year two, expecting even more out of him. And the the nice thing with Hutchinson is like he's got a good surrounding cast on the defensive line, which which helps a lot. You know, you got guys like James Houston, kind of came out of nowhere from. Um, from Jackson State, from Dion School. Um, had Isaiah eight, Bugs. Yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah Bugs, yeah, he was pretty good. You know, he's probably not going to play in this game. Actually, they confirmed he's not going to play in this game versus the Chiefs. But uh, Lee McNeil, he's, he's on that D-line. And you got John Kaminsky. You got Charles Harris. You know, you got you got a lot of good players on this defensive line. So um, it, it really helps out Hutchison. He's the main anchor that really gets it going. But it helps a lot when you know he's got a supporting cast as well. So yeah, like Pierre said, I'm, I'm expecting double digit sacks if he's able to play all 17 this year. Yeah, um, he actually um, he went past my expectations last year because I, I I didn't when he was coming out of college. You know, I saw him in Michigan and I thought he was pretty good. But when I saw him in that Georgia game, I was just kind of like, oh no. But he right. showed me some stuff last year, and you know, he showed me that he he's got a chance to be a really you know dominant, really dominant player in this league. So mm-hmm. if he continues to stack and continue to work on his technique and, and you know work on some you know moves uh, as far as a pass rusher goes, then I think he can be one of the dominant pass rushers in this league for sure. So, so fun fact with him too: last year he was like the second most double teamed edge, I believe, behind mm-hmm. Oscar. So, mm-hmm. like, teams actually respected him a lot and feared him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he made everybody else better along that, that front. Like, for sure. The, the, the talent gap was so large that teams wanted to double him, and that freed up everybody else along that defensive front. And they yeah. cashed in on it. They were, they were making plays and actually holding their own with them. So, I mean that's why that's how you get an eight and two record over the last ten. You know what I mean? Like right. guys buying in and guys making the most of the opportunities. That's how you get an eight and two record. Yeah. yeah, most definitely, most definitely. All right, when you guys saw the schedule this year and you saw the first game going to be an Arrowhead, you know it's Banner Night, it's Prime Time. What were your guys' initial thoughts? Were you guys excited? Were you guys like, damn, we, I'm not this gonna lie. we in this Tell spot? The Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I'm Tell not going to lie. Tell Before the schedule release, I'm like, I want them on primetime or Thanksgiving. Well, if we can have things, I want them on I want them the game one. Tyler could tell you. I literally texted him. I was like, I want the Chiefs the first game of the year. Let's show the world who we are. Yeah, no, it gives you chills, like, because we, we don't get stuff like this. You guys are used to this stuff. You guys are like, this is like, this is like just a normal game for you guys. But like, for us, like, we don't get stuff like this. So, so to see the Lions open the season, like, I, I was like, just looking back at it on um, yesterday, on Labor Day Monday. I'm like, Lions are really opening the season versus the Chiefs on, on you know, they open up the season. Like, that that's just stuff that doesn't really happen to but, us. But you beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau to close out the right. season. Right, you know what I mean. Like y'all closed them out, y'all kept them out of the playoffs. Like, yeah, that's our last game. They was gonna recognize that. You know what I mean? Like, gotta recognize, got to. Yeah, no, that's not easy to do. No, No, not not easy to do. It is not. We knocked him out of the playoffs, and his last pass was to our safety Kirby Joseph. So that feels good too. Yeah. So no, it's it's exciting. Obviously. You know, we're not taking the Chiefs lightly by any, any stretch of the imagination because obviously they have the resume. They won the Super Bowl, and you never want to count out Reed and, and Mahomes. But 
Um, no, man, it's it's very exciting to get the, the first game of the season and for really everyone now to see what the lines are made of. Like, you know, during the eight and two stretch, we were just playing one o'clock games most of the time. So, like, not everyone had their eyes on the lines. Now, I want to see everyone get their eyes on the lines. I don't know if we necessarily win the game, but I think we're gonna, it's going to be a good competitive game all the way around. So, I'm definitely excited for this game. Yeah, most definitely. I agree. Uh, got a question down here. Man, Dorian, what does the Lions secondary look like? Any expectations for improvement? So, yeah, your outside corners right now are Cam Sutton. You know, Mosley is dealing with that injury. They're going with 30-year player Jerry Jacobs. He was undrafted in 2021, but he's really just improved every single year. Um, and then your nickel is actually Brian Branch, the rookie Brian Branch. He's had a phenomenal camp. One of the best players on defense in camp, actually. Then your safeties are Kirby Joseph, second-year player, elite range. And obviously, you guys know C.J. Gardner-Johnson just a dog. So you got a good mixture of, you know, youth and veterans and guys who make plays. And when does uh, Emmanuel come back? So mostly been practicing this week, but, you know, he didn't do nothing during training camp. So I think he's going to be inactive this week. If he's active, he might play a little, but I'm guessing maybe week two. You know, we got that mini bye week. Mm -hmm. Week two, maybe he comes back. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we probably don't. Yeah. If he does play, there probably wouldn't even be much of an expectation for Mosley to do much just because I'll probably be um, Sutton and, and Jerry Jacobs on the outside. And then the, and the nickel, like Peter mentioned, will be Brian Branch. Okay, cool, cool. Um, So going into this game, who are some key guys, key players for you, for you that you think that the people should be watching out for? All right, I'm not going to lie. Um, I looked at your tackles last year, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor. They didn't have the best years last year. I don't know how they look in this scheme, but, you know, we're just going off last year because that's what we saw. You know, Donovan Smith was a penalty machine. We played Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor is one of the most helped tackles actually in the league last year in terms of getting help. And we got Hutchinson. And on their side, you want to put Harris, James Houston. I think those guys could kind of expose that a little, you know, kind of expose your tackles a little so i think that's one thing to watch another thing to watch out is everyone knows amon right i'm gonna say 26 the rookie jameer gibbs um, that's what i was going towards we don't even know how honestly we're gonna use him yet they just like it's it's a surprise and ben johnson the offense course said you're gonna be surprised how we're gonna use them in ways that you never thought of like all right but let's go yeah and especially with no jmo now like we mentioned earlier like we need a pass catcher to step up and, you know, and Jameer Gibbs is more than just a running back. He's obviously arguably a better pass catcher than a, than a running back. So I expect him to have a big role in this passing game as well. So yeah, 26 is going to be one to keep out for another one. I'll give it another one. That's maybe not as big of a name. 87 Sam Laporta, you know, they drafted him in the second round. They have big expectations already the starting tight end. So um, obviously his first NFL game is going to be this Thursday. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him in this game. Yeah, for sure. Clarence, go ahead and give us some key players on the Chiefs side. Uh, this game is going to be – it's going to have to be the whole defense. It's going to take a entire 11 men to the football. Um, Nick Bowden, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil. Uh, back in the secondary, Brian Cook, like Justin Reed, like they're going to have to make plays because finding that matchup of where – Gibbs is, it's going to be key because he can run inside, he can run outside, he can run for power, he can run for speed, you can line him up outside, he can route you up like 
He's Reggie Bush, 2.5, 3.5, 4.5, 5.5. <laughs> he is that. So they're going to have to key on him all night. All yeah, night. I agree. And I, the I Porter, too. Like, yeah. the Porter can, can catch in traffic, too. Like, yeah. this is going to be – it's gonna be interesting, man. It would definitely have to be our linebackers. Uh Nick Bolden, Willie Gay, Tranquil, Chanel, they all gonna to have to be on assignment, <laughs> especially when Gibbs is catching out of that backfield. Cause the one thing the Chiefs have problem with is running backs catching out of the backfield. We are not good at that. You know, when it comes mm-hmm. to the run, we got we've gotten a lot better with that. But when it comes to that catching out of the backfield, we always get gashed up. So those guys and it and also that defensive line, whoever is in the middle, Naughty, uh Turk, Warden, you know, George Carlisle, all of them. They their front seven is probably gonna be because I think the front seven will affect, like you always say, Clarence, it will affect our secondary. So mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. our front seven is gonna have to be on for especially with nine five, nine in the middle. Uh yeah. Or nine. Yeah. Or nine. Oh yeah, Charles who you know he was pretty good, man. Yeah, we picked up in the offseason. Yeah. So and now he's out for six games with the suspension. They so. both gone this week. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so it's, it's gonna it's gonna take a, a a collective effort for our defense to uh, stop your guys' offense. So I got a question mm-hmm. regarding your young corners, right? Obviously they graded well, but you know when you have a guy like Chris Jones, fifteen and a half sacks, seventy-seven quarterback pressures, you know, like a good D line makes an average secondary or like a young secondary look good, right? We say we talk about that all the time. So, like, just by your eye test, Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie, what do you guys think of them? Are you guys, like, high on them? Do you think the passion is to be there? Or what? what is it with those guys? Joe, go sit down. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> You're good, man. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I'll, I'll take this one first. Um, we think the world of Legereus Sneed and, and Trent McDuffie. Uh, we think, you know, Legereus Sneed is our number one guy. That's the number one corner on this team. He's the he's one of the leaders on this in that secondary. Um, they use him in so many different ways. Uh, they use him blitz packages. He's he's one of the best nickel rushers in the game. Uh, and when when Spags needed him to to cover our number one wide receiver, he did that pretty well too. And as far as Trent McDuffie, Trent, you know, he was he's everything advertised. You know, yes, is he a little bit on the small size, but the kid is a dog. He can tackle, he can cover well. He did real good against Jamar. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Bengals. Jamar Chase. Chase. Jamar Chase. Chase. He did real good against Chase. Um, he, he's just he's really good. He and he, I, we have high expectations for him in the second year. And then we got our, mm-hmm. cor- our other corners, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, who got a lot of burn last year, too. Who we expect big things from those guys, too. And then Brian Cook, our other safety, who's filling in for Juan Thornhill, who we lost to the Browns in the offseason. We expect big things from him, too. So we have high expectations for the secondary all around. But you know, and, with nine five not there, it is going to be a tall task. <laughs> the the, the, the issue everything. is, yeah, the issue is is that you're asking potentially the the DBs to have to cover a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, if we can't generate any type of pressure up front, which is not what I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating Spags being able to dial up a blitz, something to get Jared Goff out of rhythm, because if mm. Jared Goff stays in rhythm. They, even if, if y'all only run 12 personnel all night, if he's in rhythm, it's over. I mean, he, yeah, yeah, he, he's still one of those 
quarterbacks that can get it done and put up big numbers like that. You know what I mean? So we're going to have to get pressure. Pressure is going to have to be the name of the game. Now, I don't, do I, don't I don't know if we generate it. Yeah. Like I said, we got to hit it, though. Now, you bring up blitzes, right? Jared Goff is one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz. So I'm telling you, Ben oh, Johnson and Jared Goff wants bags to bring that blitz. Oh, I like know. They're asking for it. I know. I, I, so. I, I, got, I got one more question for you guys, too. So we got, obviously, like the big news with Kelsey today that, you know, he, he suffered an injury and there's a potential shot that he might miss this game Thursday. Guy's tough as nails. I, I honestly expect him to be on the field. Um, but even if he is on the field and he's limited, let's say, who do you guys kind of expect to step up as far as a pass catcher without Travis? You know, I go back. Go ahead. Well, I go back to this. We won COVID. We got the Super Bowl rings. We hoisted a banner. And then you saw Clyde run the football and take the air out of the football in that game. We have the ability to be able to run the football and take the air out of it. We can do it. We got three backs that can get it done. You know, I mean, we don't have to be in a situation where Pat throws it 35 times in this game. We just don't have to. We can be more balanced. You know, and maybe that's the recipe. We don't have to depend on let's look for a deep shot, you know, or let's spread them out. Let's come out. Let's run the football. Let's work everything underneath to sky. Then we get the one-on-ones deep to MBS. You know, we can we can get uh, a little stutter route over the middle to Noah Gray. But we I mean we have the offensive line, we have the running backs to be able to run this football twenty times in this game. Are you guys concerned with your two new tackles with the year they had last year? We Taylor were uh, <laughs> we were more so Smith than Taylor. I think Taylor fits this offense more than he fits Jacksonville's offense because he's more of an athletic pass uh, type pass uh, offensive lineman. Right. Um, but um, as far as Donovan Smith, he was injured last year, and he admitted that he played hurt last year, and he said he probably shouldn't have been out there. But from what we've seen so far, and I know it's preseason, a lot of stuff could happen. When we've seen so far, they look pretty. He looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, he looks. He looks like he's gonna be like the mean left tackle that's gonna throw everybody around and you know that's something that we you know need on this offensive line especially uh going from him to orlando brown jr who you know chiefs keenum orlando brown jr wasn't highly <laughs> recognized over here we we really didn't care for him you know did he do his job was he solid yeah but you know we felt like we feel like we upgraded our offensive line especially you know with taylor and smith you know we're going from orlando brown jr and andrew wiley who andrew riley was he was a serviceable right tackle but he wasn't right. all that great so that's fair all right so, so yeah but as far as offense yeah i, I agree with with uh, clarence uh pacheco is definitely gonna have to be you know used highly you know running the football and i know how andy is running the ball he really don't like it, especially you got patrick mahomes he wants to throw it like 100 million times but <laughs> hopefully he you know somebody gets in his ear and let's makes him run the football a little bit at least a healthy balance of runs between him uh Jared McKinnon and a little bit of uh, Clyde Edwards-Alera in there in the passing game, too. Um, Sky Moore, who we have high expectations for in his second year um, last year. You know, rookies in Andy Reid's system tend to know, not play 
among a lot of snaps. You got to be like right. extremely special. But we expect a lot of big things from him in year two. And uh, you know, we have a guy in Justin Ross who you know last year you know there wasn't a lot of expectations, um, and especially with his injuries coming from Clemson. But he's shown a lot in preseason, and I expect to see him in like the red zone a lot of lot of. Uh, a lot of fade routes, you know, in routes, you know, stuff like that. I can see him being you. Him and Rasheed Rice, our rookie, could be used a lot too. And like, like Clarence said, MVS would most likely be on the uh, deep shots down the field. So yeah, I I, I love Thoreau's coming out of Clemson. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Obviously, injuries have kind of you know taken a toll to yeah. his career, but I loved him. He's like a first, second round talent in my opinion. You know, when he was yeah. healthy, and then. Scott Moore, I drafted him in fantasy this year, so I'm expecting big things out of him as well. You know, people were clowning me when I took him kind of early. I'm like, I got Mahomes, I got Sky Moore. I'm feeling good about the stack. Yeah, no, I expect Sky Moore to get a lot, especially in the middle of the field in that slot. I think they're going to use Sky Moore a lot, especially in that they've already said they're going to use him kind of like in that juju role. So I expect him to get a lot of touches this year. So, all right, fellas, let's, let's start breaking this game down. If Detroit wins, if on offense, um, control the clock, right, and score touchdowns. If they could keep Mahomes off the field, sometimes you say your best offense, your best defense, and especially when you got an explosive offense like that, you know, run the ball, drain the clock, but you got to score touchdowns. I think they got a chance to win. Yeah, keep fifteen off the field as much as possible. Uh, you got to own the time. If you can own the time possession this game. I think you feel a lot more confident about winning this game. Um, but once you let Mahomes in, especially if you guys are thinking about being more balanced this game, if 87 is on the field, um, you know, I, I think winning the TOP is, is going to be very crucial for this line team of, you know, potentially winning this game on Thursday. What do you say, Clarence? I mean, that's that's the only recipe for beating Pat is time of possession. Mm, yeah. Put him in a situation where he has to go score for score for score, yeah. you know, and put the pressure on the young guys on the perimeter to have to come up with those plays. That's the only way. But if you allow him to get in the rhythm and let these young guys get that confidence, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They definitely got to play time and position to make touchdowns. feel like they got to, you know, come at a premium. So <laughs> they got to put that type of pressure on Mahomes. To feel like he's got to score and maybe make him press a little bit to where he may throw a mistake, throw the interception, make a fumble, you know, or one of these young guys make a mistake, you know, a fumble, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, penalties too. Make 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 uh make us have penalties, false starts, anything like that could help out Detroit, you know, in this game. Right. Outside. I'll go on our side. Chiefs win if on offense. Uh I'm going to say if Mahomes um, is careful with the football, uh, as long as Andy Reid is dialing up a balanced offense, like I said, between run and pass, um, these young guys, one of these young guys got to step up. If Sky Moore is having a good game, if MBS is having a good game, um, add in maybe Kadarius Tony. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but, you know, he was, he's been practicing, so – Kadarius Tony could rip off maybe a big play here and there. I think that um, we have a good chance of winning this game. What do you say, Clarence? I I hang it all on the defense again. You know, defense is going to have to step up. We know what Pat's going to be. 
We know what this offense is going to be. Whether Travis is there or not, we know what it's going to be. You know, it's 28 to 35, maybe 32. But it's high 20s, maybe 31, 32, 35 maybe. We know that. It's defense. The The name of this one is can 11 guys play team defense and get to the football? Can these young guys show that in the second year that they've grown and that they've even, they're, they're even better at that craft and they can cover again? You know, we need to see these these leaps. You know, we know what we got in Pat. We know what Travis is going to be when he comes back or if he plays or whatever. We need to see who McDuffie is, who Jalen is, who uh, Williams is, you know, who Cook is. We need to see that. We need to see what these young guys up front are. So I'm interested to see, despite what they don't have, can they play team defense? Can can these young guys continue to step up and make the plays? Sure, sure. All right, on um, Detroit wins if on defense. Uh, they set the edge and stop the run. You stop the run and make the Chiefs a um, a one-dimensional team. Obviously, it's still Mahomes, but, you know, you're prone to more mistakes when you do that. You force them to pass. You know, like I said, the young guys can lose confidence, those young receivers, you know. So, so stop the run, and you can't let Mahomes get out of the pocket. you got to set those edges. you got to be disciplining your gaps. You're not disciplining your gaps. I mean, shit, Mahomes destroys guys like that. Yeah, it's kind of similar to what you guys said about defense. This is team defense, and it's a big test because we got a lot of new pieces, especially in our secondary. So I think communication is going to be, you know, a huge question going coming into this game because it's going to be their first game really all playing together in a regular season game. Obviously, they had um, the joint practices with the Giants and Jaguars, which helps with communication. But this is the first real game that they're going to be all playing together with the Cardinal Johnson and. Cam Sutton, now you got the rookie Brian Branch. So communication and like you mentioned, kind of with your defense, is like you got to be able to play team defense, all 11 guys, whoever's on the field. Um, you know, you, the nice thing is it all starts from the front seven, and we feel confident about our front seven because these guys have all played together. They're used to the system already. There's not much of an, an adjustment there. And, you know, like you guys said, if you have a good front seven, you can get pressure on the quarterback. Um, that obviously helps out your secondary. So um, if we can get pressure on the quarterback on Mahomes and get in that backfield and limit the run game, um, you, you feel a lot more confident about your your new secondary in, in their first game. Sure. Uh, well, Clarence already kind of broke it down for us on defense, but I'll reiterate that we just need to get pass rush. Uh, somehow, Spaz is going to have to dial it up. Uh, another name that I didn't mention who I could think of be a key blitzer in the nickel is probably a Shamari Connors. He's a rookie that we drafted. Um, he's really good uh, coming from the nickel and blitzing, especially with the Jerry Sneed being kind of uh, limited as far as a knee injury. I don't think Spags will use him as much in the nickel. They might probably send Shamari Connors a little bit more. You might probably see a lot of three set safety sets. So, uh yeah, I think it's, it's, it comes down to getting pressure and making Jared Goff maybe throw a couple of interceptions or maybe make him have a fumble to give us an extra position here and there so, you know, we could possibly get a score off of that. So that's probably the key for us on defense. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and do it. Score prediction. What we got? Oof. Pierre, you want to start? <laughs> no. 
Uh, we typically do our prediction, you know, when we see the inactive list and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, here, I got one. I got one. This is going to be a fireworks game, guys. You're going to get a shootout. Not saying Rams and, and Chiefs from 2018 shootout type vibes, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, defenses, like I said, you know, we got, a, we got a pretty new defense with us, and then you guys are missing a big crucial piece with Chris Jones in this game. So um, let's go – Let's go 35-32. I'll take my boys in blue to win this game. Upset alert. Yeah, you know, um, no Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey. Those are obviously two big losses. And I know you still got Mahomes and Andy Reid, but I feel like Detroit could maybe take advantage a little because Chris Jones is a, is a fucking dog. Like, he's a monster. He's up there with Aaron now. Maybe people don't talk about him as much, but I always stress it. This guy's a top ten player in the NFL. Yeah. So he that that's a massive break for us. And he opens a lot for George Carlotta's and all those other guys because he gets doubled and other guys get single. So without that, I feel like your pass rush is going to take a slight hit too. In terms of your D line, I know Spags loves to blitz, but in terms of your D line, I feel like it's going to be a little tough to get pressure on our O line. Um. So I'm going to take the Lions. Let's say 31 to 27. Nice. All right, Clarence. You know I hate this, Chris. Don't don't rush me. <laughs> You're just like me, Clarence. Oh, that's funny. Um, I'll go 34-28, Chiefs. I got 35-28, Chiefs. All right. So, you know, we both got like a one-score game. Yeah. yeah. So I, I at the very least, I mean, I honestly had the Chiefs winning all the way till today until I saw Travis might not play. I'm like, oh, and it's close to the season, so you know, well, he optimism, might play. Uh, optimism is going to be kicking. Play. Yeah, you know, he might still play. Yeah, obviously, but we'll see. yeah, you know, optimism obviously kicking in as we get closer. Uh, the thing I can guarantee in this game, or at least I hope, just I hope we don't drop an egg. I just want a competitive game at the very least. Um, you know, that's, that's, really, that's, really, that's really much all I ask for, and I think that's what we're going to get. Um. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a good competitive game by both squads. Um, and hopefully, hopefully the good guys on our side pull out, but um, we'll see. You know, one thing that I realized is the NFL when they make the schedule, you guys had the Bills, you had the Bengals on that schedule, you had the Eagles, potential Super Bowl. They're like, No, we're giving it to the Lions. So mm-hmm. the NFL believes in us too. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're expecting a good game. I mean, they're expecting a good game. So I'm expecting a really good game, close, tight game. Maybe honestly, might come down to whoever has the ball last. Like it could be that type of game, you know? Yeah. Um, and whoever obviously turns over the ball last will probably win this game. For sure. I agree. I agree. All right, fellas, man. Appreciate y'all coming on the show. Uh like Absolutely. I said, man. Yeah, man. You guys uh Hopefully came through and uh, dropped some knowledge on us on y'all team, man, and we appreciate that, man. Hopefully Thursday's a good game and, you know, let the best team win. <laughs> 100%. Appreciate you guys for having us. Yeah, thanks for having uh, us, man. We appreciate it. Where can people follow you guys at on social media and stuff? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm on DLFP Tweets, and on Instagram, I'm at Detroit Lions fan page. Yeah, on Twitter, yeah, just my first and last name, Tyler Sow, S-A-W-A. And then you could find our podcast page at the Pride Podcast um, on Twitter and on Instagram. And then any, essentially, any podcast platform. If you guys listen on Spotify, Apple, um, we're, we're on all of this. So whatever you guys listen to your podcast, you could find us at the Pride Podcast. All right, fellas, man. Good luck for the rest of the season, too, man. You, you guys as well. You guys are a great team. Hopefully we'll yeah. see you guys in Vegas. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm just 
that's my dream, man. I would love that. Right on. All right, right, take care, guys. All right, take care, guys. Say, man, we ain't going to keep doing score predictions on Tuesdays, brother. What, man? Our show is on Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay, but we can... Look, look, we can revamp it on Thursday when we do pregame. Because you don't don't know who's going to be out by Thursday, Friday, Chris. I understand that. You're killing me with these score predictions on Tuesday. I don't I know who's up or who's down. I'm, I'm doing it for the show, man. We got yeah, guests yeah, on here. We trying to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. No, but uh, no, we can revamp it on Thursday. And uh, we, uh, for everybody who's everybody who's watching, <laughs> remember Thursday. I will be. I'm. You know, I live in Vegas, so we have two chief bars out here. Up, I'm gonna be at. I'm going to be at the number two cheap bar, Jackpot Bar and Grill. We're going live, broadcasting live, (laughs) pre-game, halftime, and post-game. So rock with us, man. We're going to be kicking y'all up into the game. We're going to be talking about about what we see in halftime. And we're going to be talking about post-game. Also, we're going to be having special guests coming through. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Some of of your, your, your favorites. And Chiefs King, uh-huh. some of your favorites gonna come through mm-hmm. and chill with us and ride with us and talk about the game. So stay, so be there. You know what I'm saying? Jump in the live with us, jump in the comment section. Joe, I know you're in here. We need that energy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. You know, Jamal Charles 2.0. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> I heard that. I saw that Justin Watson comment. Yeah. I ain't studying that. Anybody think about Justin Watson? No, but him. Sit down. Watch, he's going to drop a pad. Watch. Yeah, he's going to drop one. And I'm going to cuss Joe out. Mm -hmm. He's the biggest supporter. Yeah. I'm cussing Joe right on out. Joe's Justin Watson supporter. I don't know how. (laughs) No. We ain't even got there yet. We ain't even got there yet. No damn Hollywood. No way I ever seen. No, no no damn Justin Watson. Not cheering for Justin Watson. Yeah. Clean that up. That's the Utah League. (laughs) (laughs) The intramural Utah League. Yeah. (laughs) Where are you at? Denver, Utah, same difference. Yeah. Same difference. All right, man. Let's go ahead and land this thing. If you look down at the bottom, you'll see the link. EMQpodcast.com slash locker dash room. If you go to that link, you'll see all the locker room access of all the podcasts under Every Morning Quarterback. They got a Patriots one. They got a 49ers one. They got a Jets one. And they got ours, Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Click on the link. You'll see all our episodes from the past all the way to the recent ones and Go ahead, subscribe, get all the episodes. Also, check their podcast out. They've been running a lot of episodes. They actually had Scott Hansen on today. Uh, really? Yeah, they had Scott Hansen on the show today. Bro. So go back and check it out. Check out his interview. You know, Scott Hansen's real good NFL network, mm-hmm. and he's good on the Where's red zone. On? Yeah, yep. man. He's, he's, he does his thing on the red zone. So go ahead and check it out, man. Uh, shout out to them. They talk about everything league-wide. They talk about college football. Even give you betting tips for all my betters out there. You know what I'm saying? So go on and check mm-hmm. that out. Shout out to them over every morning quarterback. 
and whatever streaming platform that you use, Arrowhead Cheap Podcast is on there, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, Stitcher, you know, whatever. Whatever you use, Arrowhead Cheap Podcast is on there so you can listen. Because not everybody wants to do YouTube. You know what I'm saying? They want to listen. They want audio. They want whether you're working out, driving in the car, you're at work. You know what I'm saying? You got one of them jobs where you can put your headphones in. Boom. Listen to us. You know what I'm saying? Listen, get your chief news from us. So whatever social media platform that you use, you see that right above Clarence, that AH Chief Podcast? Go ahead and follow that on all streaming platforms, whether it be Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. We on all of it. Threads, we on, on that too. So go ahead and follow us, man. We'll follow you back. Because Clarence, what is our model? Apparently, we Hollywood. Look, here you go, right on cue. We Hollywood. We Hollywood. Sit down, Joe. This this is what you get you bad. This is what get you bad. Sit down. I received one. Anyway, whatever you you boy couldn't run a comeback route to save his life right now. Hamstrings are popped. Like two ties on the freeway. (laughs) Help! (laughs) But yeah, follow us. We follow you back. Hit us up with feedback and critique. You know what I'm saying? You got some questions or topics y'all want us to bring up on the show? Hit us up, man. And we'll hit you back. But just talk to us nice and normal. And don't come at us with no funny style. Stuff like Joe. You know what I'm saying? We will come to your house. No, I'm just playing. But hit us up, man. We'll hit y'all back, man. (laughs) Well, until next time, until Thursday, people. It's going down. It's going down. Let's go. We got this. We good. Relax, Chiefs Kingdom. We all right. We're going to be straight. We gone.